We are Power Crystals. Conversations with Jason Perez and Leah Garza. Getting cute. Critical and and metaphysical. Welcome back to We Are Power Crystals. My name is Jason Perez, and I'm here joined by my favorite decolonial baddie, Leah Garza. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) And uh, this week we have a guest, which was never our intention because we like the sounds of our own voices the most. But we're bringing on Katie Robinson. Okay, Katie, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, y'all. I'm Katie. I use she and they pronouns. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Cool. yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess like the reason we wanted to bring you on is because not because we want to have like an interview style podcast. Like, it wasn't the point, but that we wanted to when things align with what we do, we want to bring mm-hmm. it in. So it could be a person, it could be like a tool or it could be a topic, it could be a book, whatever we want to like introduce it to people. But you do a lot of amazing and magical things. And I just feel like a lot of the stuff you do is so aligned with the things that we talk about here. Mm-hmm. So just to give you a little background, Katie and I are in college together. <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, we're in graduate school right. together. Um, that's how we know each other. And well, but truly, it's a synchronistic union because we, I, I mean, I'm just going to talk for yeah. myself, but yeah. like the moment I saw Katie, which was like the Sunday before school started for the first time, and I just saw you and I was like, it was like, I already knew you, and I was like, can you believe we're here? And I said something that was like, oh, my God, this place is magical. Mm-hmm. And it just immediately, like, I didn't, I could look at you and tell that you were going to answer me in a way that was resonant. And so, yeah, that's what well, I. Now I want to talk about my experience of meeting you for the first time. Or, like, yeah, I, I didn't know right away. But I remember seeing your face in the booklet and being like, okay, that's okay, that person. Okay, okay, cool, cool, all right. And then I don't even remember. Oh, dude, it was when you um, read the records for me for the first time. <laughs> and I was literally like, I have no idea what this is. I have never heard of it, but you're like really generously offering this service. So I'm like, cool, let's, let's go in, I'm ready. And then I was like, well, I've been thinking about aliens my whole life, though. And then you were like, okay. And you answered me. And that is like, I never thought I would ever get those questions answered. Mm-hmm. I had written it off. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I will yeah. never meet anyone who will meet me on yeah. that point. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yay. Cool. And then I felt like you have to meet Jason. I just feel like 
I don't. I know that you didn't apply to go to this program, <laughs> but it's almost like I feel your absence every time I go because you would fit in just so. Yeah. You're supposed to be there. I almost applied. You I did. was in the process. You did almost apply like, like two weeks before school started. <laughs> I remember. But so here we are in like a weird magical coven kind of synchronistic circle. And this week we want to focus on the topic of divination. What do we want to say about divination? Divination and the other ways of knowing the other tools to harness information or like assemble guidance on our lives. So when people when people get readings at like metaphysical readings, tarot, oracle, uh, Akashic records, they I feel they're always asking like what's next for my life? What about my career? What about my love life? What about my finances? And they're really thirsty for some type of guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the basics of divination, wanting information or clarity. How have y'all experienced divination? Mm. Or when have you felt like you needed some some weird tool? To, <laughs> some weird <laughs> tool. To know what's oh, next. Like yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to just, I know I should have done this earlier, but I wanted to know what divination actually meant. Yeah. Because I wouldn't say that I am a, I don't do divination. Like as a practitioner, Mm -hmm. I tell people straight up, I can't, I don't, not, I don't say can't, but I can't, I don't divine the future. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to give knowledge that hasn't, of a world that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But I do help bring information down that isn't readily accessible in this realm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. How how would you divine divination? I mean, you yeah. literally studied it just recently. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think about... Yeah, I guess I never have seen any kind of divination practice as, like, thinking about the future necessarily mm. but I also like all time is already happening right now so like the future yeah. so like mm. it's there mm-hmm. so I think yeah. even even if it is the future it's like bringing yeah like bringing knowledge forth that yeah like technologies for bringing knowledge forth that are yeah aren't readily available yeah um but I, I, I never see it. So, it's not like there's these events out there yeah. that I need to learn about. It's like, no, it's like all, I feel very connected to like our innate knowledge. Like we know so much more than we know. Yes. We know, you know? Yes. So it's like all happening. Yeah. It's all in you already, but there's these tips and tools and yeah. practices and rituals for like getting there. Yeah. Not to get all ecology <laughs> but we are studying Carl Jung and he talks about exactly and I was like his whole thing was like the wisdom of the unconscious the like underground reverse of what yeah, it is like yeah. just this wealth of knowledge that exists uh, the, the, the knowing of everything exists outside of time and it's outside of us because we are in it mm-hmm. it's not inside of us it's out I don't I don't know how to say that accurately, but 
You're not separate from knowledge. We're definitely not separate from it, but it doesn't originate from inside of us. Yeah. That's, I think, like the, the origination. Origination. The origin. Very college. I legit have a degree in linguistics. And I just said that. Um, yeah, it's the. I just looked up what like divination comes from the word predict. I guess that's that doesn't make any sense to me. But predict is to say beforehand. Oh, that's like what the hmm. roots oh, yeah, are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't. I think like when we throw that non, there's no time. So like, can you explain that? Like yeah. what that means when there's no time or. Mm, well, there was a YouTube video I watched. <laughs> 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 that laid it out really well. Um, but the way that I understand it is through some physics that physician, physics, physicist, people, physicist did. <laughs> um, it was kind of, it kind of, just like proved that th- the future is already existing there, the past yeah. is always there, and and human perception is just is like in one moment. Yeah. And um, again, it made a lot of sense in the video, but yeah. but I think that that's like a part of like divination when people are able to say things. It's because they like are actually able, or, you know, say things that happen in the future. They're able to actually, like, expand their consciousness to yeah. go to that moment which already exists. Yeah. And, it, like, exists right alongside yeah. now. Sometimes I think, I wonder, about if it's possible to be born in the past. Like, are there new souls entering, like, in the 70s or, like, farther back? And they're birth there is shaping what's happening now still mm-hmm. oh because totally. past time because if everything's right happening now. right now can she be born oh i think we're getting like for me yeah. i feel like this is getting into a territory where like my human mind cannot conceive, conceive of the way to make it make sense yeah mm-hmm. but when i simplify it i'm like yeah it totally makes sense there's no time there's <laughs> Yeah, and when I open the records, the records, the Akashic records tell me the same thing, there's no time, and that every experience that our soul has is happening simultaneously, and the way that they show me, and I say this in like all my readings, is that the soul is like a string cheese, and each strand is like a lifetime, Uh and you pull them off, and they're all happening and connected at the same time. String cheese theory. String cheese. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yes, exactly. That was really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was something I was going to say. Oh, so sometimes we might get these like mm, sudden influences or impulses or urges in our lives or like changes or shifts Mm -hmm. and one of the things that can be happening is that a simultaneous lifetime is seeping in or bleeding in or influencing our current lives and when Mm. i when i think about that i also think about trauma Mm. because trauma disorganizes the brain's understanding of linear time so, like, I always 
I've always wondered, like, whoa, like, why is all this genius coming from pain, right? Yeah. And I think that that really has something to do with it. Or when you think about um, folks who have been, like, diagnosed with mental illnesses, too, trauma disrupts, you know, that that understanding. Yeah. Yeah. always be talking about Harriet Tubman yeah. and how she had this head trauma yeah. um, and, you know, would go into um, kind of like sleeps, yeah. random sleeps, you know, since that head trauma and yeah. she like had visions of like the trance. future. Like trance, right. Mm. Um, so I just, I really wonder about that. Yeah. That's really interesting, especially talking about like the genius that comes from do you say the genius that comes from pain yeah yeah like the whole way that we conceive of grief i think in our society is wrong because it tries to fit grief one into a paradigm of healing and letting it go like like you have to somehow go back to the way things were before you had your loss of whatever but also that grief (laughs) should be conceived of in a linear fashion and it's just I don't know any one person that in a healthy way has a relationship with grief that's like that it's like diminished and then disappeared over time it just it's not the way it works yeah yeah hot topic here grief I know the the grief oil I make it's also has that like not trying to erase grief or heal it yeah it's just the oils made the affirmation is i allow myself to experience my emotions as they are mm-hmm. so a lot of people things that people grieve like especially relationships is like i should be over this by now it's been yeah. 10 years but yeah maybe there is no getting over but what we can do is like you have to feel it you can walk with yes. it there's fruits there still mm-hmm. i yeah. i really like after my mom died, it was like, oh, okay. Well, and like as she was dying, it, it felt I felt like accompanied mm. by this like thing that would like grab me from time to time, mm. and and like it felt like that grief was there, and I feel like it's it's never gone away. You're saying like you might never get over it, like it's never like gone away, but I feel like the visits are like maybe less frequent yeah. or change in. Um, substance yeah mm-hmm. but it's crazy how even i don't know what it's like this for you but for me when it does visit it's like i immediately am like in like in the ocean like barely keeping my head above water like it's like overwhelming mm-hmm. almost like we're like time has not passed at all like i'm right in that moment yeah. like i i can feel the feeling of my dad's hand mm-hmm. as i was holding it after he died like I can it's like so present yeah I've had experience I've had experiences about that too where a little different I'll go to this moment where <laughs> I'm rolling out with my dad's wife after he's dead and like well, I'm about to fight her on her property and I'll drive and like <laughs> my body is there and it's like I'm, I'm mad again and I'm there and I want to ask like what what do you think is holding that memory? Is it like a, like a brain memory or is there like 
some intelligence of like the flesh or is there like a pattern of like all the chemicals in your body from that moment Mm -hmm. that is being flooded or triggered i i really experience it as like so like i think that there's a certain level of like trauma that is held in my body um that is very fleshy but then like there's also okay so like right around when my mom was uh dying and i was taking care of her and then she passed i was like thinking seeing dreaming writing about the this like serpent dragon mm-hmm. like it like took over mm-hmm. um and so i feel like there was there was like talk back to Jung, like, Mm -hmm. there was, like, a spirit or, like, archetype or energy Mm -hmm. of, like, death. Mm -hmm. And so I feel, or, and and I, I, when I say death, I I mean holy transition, just, Mm -hmm. like, entirely, like, I don't believe that that's an ending at all. Yeah. Um, And so it's kind of, like, like, I feel like there was this like real energy spirit that like visited me and Mm -hmm. I was really in. So I feel like it, there, there is the body, Mm -hmm. my body's response to that. But then, yeah, you're, you're saying the memory of that moment you wanted to fight your stepmother. Yeah. I go there. Like just, you can go there presently. How does it feel for you? It feels insane. Like, (laughs) Uh, li- mostly it happens to me when I'm driving. I mm-hmm. don't, I think because I'm just, it's like meditating, like just, you had to focus on Zoned something. Out, yeah. Yeah, so, but I don't know. It just happens. I feel hot. I feel angry. I feel like, like adrenaline and mm-hmm. rage. I don't know why you have that. I have it too with certain things, but one of the th- core things that I think we don't talk about is like in in loss is an injustice and that we can't, I think for most people, once you have experienced an injustice, you can't dismiss it or bypass it yeah, in order to yes. move to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it has to be reckoned with what that looks like is going to vary, but I feel like there's like a, you know, like an unsatiated like drive or fire or something that needs justice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it it doesn't like, it doesn't have to be, it could just be because you care. You still care. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the reason I, it could be that it could be that you felt powerless that Mm -hmm. this loss Mm -hmm. happened and there's no way to deal with that. It yeah. could be so many different things. Mm-hmm. But no one ever talks about grief and injustice together. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. What, so as you were saying about like pain mm-hmm. and genius, is, this is gonna sound like controversial or something, Is are our traumas, an avenue for divination then for bringing mm-hmm. some kind of information mm-hmm. that isn't readily available to us through our conscious minds mm-hmm. into like the present reality 
clearly that's not the fun way to do divination. (laughs) (laughs) But I wonder. I feel. I just wonder. I think trauma can prompt your exploration of like your alchemical powers. So how do you transform Mm -hmm. one state of your being into another? And trauma is like, can be that opportunity or an excuse or whatever, Mm -hmm. or need to Mm -hmm. invitation, invitation Mm -hmm. to like explore your power. Yeah. In transforming some aspect of your life. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, it does have like, it has like power beyond the real diluted version that we use in our society of yeah of what trauma is and trauma informed things and yeah i also think trauma you're in pain like trauma is big pain so you're you're open to relief from a lot of different things so maybe you will give a crystal try because you're tired of suffering yeah or you will light a candle or you'll have that reading or you'll try therapy yeah so it's in that way yeah it's like a little trail there Mm -hmm. oh you're talking about like divination outside of the body like going and seeking it out and i was having some weird philosophical connection (laughs) there because i was just that like um so i don't want to keep talking about this forever but when my dog died (laughs) when my dog died it brought me back into the moment I learned so much from the pain of that moment and it was stuff that I would not have maybe known had I not been subjective to the trauma of death being triggered Mm -hmm. in that, you know? (laughs) So you're saying you got info. I mean, it wasn't like a download, like someone's talking to me. But you learned something from that trauma. I learned something from the experience of it. Yeah. That enriched your life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One thing, yeah, I totally vibe with that. Um, Mm -hmm. I, like, wrote... One thing that just kept coming back to me as my mom was saying was just, like, death is truth. Like, Mm -hmm. this is the truth. And she was ill, so I really saw her body deteriorate, you know? And it was, like, I... I kept like writing and writing about um, the mundane is the grotesque is the ancient is the ephemeral like and it, like this yeah I felt like I learned like so much and I was like opened to the truth like yeah. this is the truth yeah um, I like wrote about it you know what I mean? yeah yes, yes. I feel please. Like this kind of encapsulates I don't know and I think so let me say something before I say that which is like in terms of injustice I'm like I'm angry that she died absolutely and I'm mm-hmm. I'm learning to explore my anger and express mm-hmm. it but she also died in her bed surrounded by her whole family yeah that was beautiful yeah it was relief yeah um and what that tuned me into was like Oh, these murders, though? Mm. You know, like, death's going to happen, yeah. but that actually didn't yeah. have to happen. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, that 
in that way. Yeah. And I'm talking about police violence against, like, black people and and black trans women specifically. Um, But anyway, so so I felt, I also felt in this space of, like, truth and beauty in her Mm. death. Yeah. So I wrote this poem called Silk. The muscle has melted into the skin and moves over her bones effortlessly. It's terrible for walking, but it's how Silk always wanted to be. Her middle is still warm, her eyelashes not dust. She scrapes silence for air each inhale while we wait and watch and hush. Mm. Did you write so, that before she I passed? wrote that, like, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think, oh no, I think after. Like yeah. After. I think that, I don't know, there was like this really beautiful space that I got to experience. Yeah. Yeah. It transforms also what I think we think beauty is. Yeah. Like a lot. Because to call something like that that's like so, at the same time, so painful, Mm -hmm. beautiful is... Yeah. There's a surreal moment after or during any funeral where you're just like, I don't know. It feels like everything's echoing and it's like yeah. this stillness but also a lot of movement. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I won't say serene but just like a weird undefinable space or yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. And then you leave and you go to the Sonic and you get a yeah. lemonade and you're <laughs> like what? Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's really weird. And I'll say like beauty and rightness and then just terror you know at yeah. another point which yeah. is in grief was this jerking for me like, yeah back and forth between like oh okay she's not suffering i can live my life again yes and holy sh- what ju- what yeah what were you able to def- divine from your writing afterwards yeah. did you was it like did you uncover anything about yourself or your experience or like did it take you to any new perspective could it be that the writing is the divination yeah Mm -hmm. that it is the knowing in and of itself I don't know sorry I didn't interrupt you no 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 totally I'm trying to think still I I think I'm still exploring it honestly Mm. I know that there was this like serpent dragon situation. I'd be like running around the lake and like look out and be like, I know you're in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like very yeah. real in my everyday experience. Yeah. Um, in my dreams and drawings. I know I'm like still trying to chase that mm-hmm. little tail. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like I was open. There's also, like, some shit with the moon and, like, my mom's, like, eye. I don't know. There was, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like I was really open to, like, a world of spirit that I yeah. was always curious about, but never... Yeah. That had never contacted me. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah. I can't stop thinking now about, like... Um, yeah, to compare your mom's death with the death of like people that are murdered by the cops, like black and brown people. 
and how like if life is a ceremony if it is all like ritual if this is all just like like if we are in a simulation and there are like options that we can take and that this is a ritualized experience to like just have that taken from you that last moments of your ritual to have it just stolen Mm -hmm. is I mean like we live in a world of stolen rituals like that Mm -hmm. is like all we like that's what the U.S. is it's everything but like that's really fucking profound and awful it's like that it's almost like that is the oppression to take the ritual from people. Mm. Because people are going to die. Yeah. Illness is going to happen. Yeah. But it's the... So the injustice is not in... The injustice is not in the suffering. The the injustice is in the, the means of death. It can go further. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it could go in so many different directions. Right. Like, there can be an injustice. Like, you can feel injustice just from your mom or dad being taken from you, or whoever being taken from you. Like, it's not mm-hmm. fair. It's not mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. Or it can be the injustice of, like, I have no power to do this, or the injustice of someone taking that life, like a murder. Like, okay. it could, I mean, yeah. I think injustice. Injustice is in the ability of, like, or the potential for things to be avoided. So I think I'm thinking of like HIV AIDS specifically. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be this big if there's more immediate action. So that is an injustice. Yeah. It's wholly avoidable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we're getting so deep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Now that we're in college again, I'm just everything. I'm like, can this be field work? Can this be field work? Can I write a paper about that? Yeah. I know. Well, let's talk about mm-hmm. ways that what we else? use yeah. divination. So we know grief is one. Yeah. <laughs> we know trauma. Like, trauma and death is one way. <laughs> but what if you can't access your trauma and grief? <laughs> what are some easier ways to get to be able to divine I things? Know. Such a trauma witch. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Griefdoula.com. A trauma witch. witch. Come on. Um, Well, why don't we, should we, I mean, I don't know. Are there other things that we want to talk about divination? Like, why is it so... um, why is it, it, it's something that has been used for like, you know, ages for as long as there have been it's, humans. And it's been something that's been taken underground, like playing cards were a divination yeah. and they're a mask for it. What is the threat of having tools to harness knowledge? Yeah. Why is it so marginalized? Yeah. What What is the fear in that particular way? the answer <laughs> the next it's episode. colonialism hey. <laughs> in the next episode <laughs> yeah it, i mean it 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 is um a self-empowering modality yeah. 
And if you are self-empowered, then you can't be controlled. And if you can't be controlled, then you cannot right. I was be gonna a say, part of capitalism. You're, yeah. you're like, reaching for and contacting something that cannot be owned. Something that yeah. is like the wild behind the wild. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I saw this um, band TED Talk on YouTube oh. by this guy named Graham Hancock. Who's, have y'all heard of him? Mm-mm. He's written a bunch of woo. Mm. Um, but he was talking about, so another divination tool, I guess, but speaking to what you're saying of like, there is a war on our consciousness in terms yeah. of like drug medicine, basically. Yeah. And so it was banned because he was like, actually, this is kind of yeah. amazing. But I think of that in the same way yeah. of like, that's consciousness opening in a way that you can't be controlled after that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had an experience where your consciousness suddenly busted open to where you became a threat or something question. to be controlled? I mean, I'm a really good reader. <laughs> busted, <laughs> busted. I mean, I was able to divine through the Akashic records that Trump was going to be elected. Mm. That wasn't something that I expected to come out, but it was very concrete yeah. and yeah. yeah. You've divined some crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Things I won't mention here. Oh really? But yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Terrifying things. Oh. I'll tell you later. <laughs> you mean like apocalyptic stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm inclined to believe you. Oh, I wouldn't I be. I wouldn't be inclined right. to believe me. Mm. If you want to make an appointment, you can look me. <laughs> yes. No, just kidding. But um, I do get a lot of when I so I use the akashic records as a um, modality to bring forth information from other from another realm which is the akashic records itself um and my relationship with the records has been very political because that's what i insist my spiritual practice to be based in mm-hmm. like politicization and decoloniality and all the all these things that you know i talk about forever but um so I think because I built that specific relationship with the records, mm-hmm. I am inclined to get information. The one thing I would say is because there is no time, and I say this like all the time before reading, mm-hmm. because there is no time, that means there's no f- one future. Yeah. Because there's no one future, that means there are infinite yeah. futures. Which is true. Right. So that means that like, it ha- so happened that in January of 2016, when they told me Trump would be president, that he did become president. But... When they tell me that, like, the water's going to run out in Compton, <laughs> that doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That does not mean with that, that that's going to happen. And my opinion is that that is not going to happen. Then why are you saying it? I don't know. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with, like, archetypal in- information. Yeah. It's not literal. I don't think it's always literal. The Trump thing was literal, but, mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I share something that they told me? Okay, this is something I've never, like, spoken of publicly, of of the murders of black men by police. So they told me that, because this is, like, when (laughs) I was personally, like, I feel like a 
a shift in my life happened when I watched the murder of Eric Garner. Like that was like, how can anyone come back? Like, how can you go back to the world you were living in before you saw that? And for so many people who just didn't care, I was like, I don't understand you guys anymore. But so I opened the records and the records, I asked them about that. This was after it had happened, but I went back to that moment and I asked about it and the records were like, these murders will continue to happen in greater numbers until people who are not threatened by police see the victims of police murders on paper as themselves. Meaning when the person who has been murdered fits a description that's just like them, then they will have empathy. And the person that that was, that tipping point was Philando Castile, that he was, he embodied the average citizen and that there was a, people became, I like in general, it, it touched more people to become irate about this, but it also happened at a time when people were about to get bombarded by the overwhelm of like politics in the world. But Here's the thing that I know that some people are not going to like this. I asked, why does this happen? Why are these people being killed? Why their lives? And they said, those are people with higher vibrations than the rest of the population. And they come to raise the vibration of the planet by pushing you into seeing the structures of oppression. They, and this is the thing that I'm going to just say, the records told me, and I understand if no one agrees they volunteer their lives for the mm. for raising the vibration of the planet. Mm-hmm. They're pushing us into a greater consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I know that like pain and trauma will tell me, fuck you, Leah, no one would volunteer for that. Mm-hmm. And so I understand that. But I also understand that none of those, none of those lives were, they were of so much value that they did shift our, political consciousness yeah I know I think that's super like emblematic of the struggle I have in my head constantly of like being a queer person of color and like knowing and feeling systemic oppression and trying so hard to like dig it out of my body and also knowing that like I am a spirit looking out from this body Mm -hmm. like I am like we all are and so I I, like what it feels like is presented is is a clash of my essential beliefs Mm. but black feminist theory would tell me that those things don't have to clash yeah And, I mean, like, I'm thinking about, we're reading this book on decoloniality, and, like, a major tenet of decoloniality is, like, plurality. Like, I don't have to choose between... Yeah. I don't have to. Yeah. And I don't think there are any um, coincidences. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, what is there is there. Yeah. And people die, and people yeah. were enslaved and yeah. genocide. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Are you okay? 
(laughs) I know that kind of message is that's why I think like beyond talking about the records in this podcast and beyond doing readings for people like my relationship with the records is so profound because they speak to me in this way that is beyond duality beyond good and bad Mm -hmm. beyond Mm -hmm. um, right and wrong and it's it is something that I like shelter from people because some people are in so much pain that you can't hear that because you want the justice you want Mm -hmm. you can't hear that there's a good reason for something terrible to have happened Mm -hmm. but that's like where this planet is going And I don't think that that's any reason to stop fighting or resisting. No, not at all. Like, it's not... It's, like, all the more reason to go forward with it. Right. Yeah, the prompts. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. No. Did you? I... I'm having a lot of thoughts, but... mm, I don't like them. (laughs) Well, I think of... I'm thinking of Jesus, and I'm not Mm -hmm. a Jesus person. Mm -hmm. So, like... He, he was in a battle with, like, the state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he bore the the consequence of his conflict mm-hmm. with his flesh. Yeah. And then his, like, family was there and they felt an injustice. Yeah. But he, the way we tell the story is, like, he had an awareness of what was coming. Mm-hmm. He knew. He yeah. had that, like, Akashic yeah. insight. Right. Of what would happen to yeah. him. So then it sends out this wave of people who knew him and loved him it's so much so that we still talk about him yeah and i feel i mean i kind of went to a similar similar place which is like hmm. so like martin luther king dr king he knew he knew he was gonna die yeah yeah and and i mean i think the same about lots of other spiritual leaders justice leaders you know like I think that, I think that if we say like, oh, Dr. King was, he was a spirit sent here mm-hmm. to, we all would know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what yeah. does it mean that, you know, these are just people out here in this world? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I feel like there's some, like, there's, there's power in like having that awareness of being someone who your your life your flesh is radical and can have like such a big impact Mm -hmm. which is why we have white jesus and not brown or black jesus Mm -hmm. because then who gets the power when you tell that story or like witness the visual yeah yeah wow I did not think our conversation was gonna go down this <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm happy though. I don't hate it yet. I don't hate it either. But yeah, this is it's it's. Um, but I mean, okay, wait, wait, wait. No, I I don't know. I, like I I just appreciate it though because I'm like, in this program in my life like, I'm always chasing after like what is the meaning mm. of harm like, mm. what meaning do we make of enslavement mm-hmm. like what me and so i think this is like at the like little crux of that mm-hmm. you know yeah and i i feel i feel like it's weechy and like wrestly and not static for yeah. sure yeah but i'm and definitely not comfortable yeah 
Yeah. But I think like that's like why we want to have these conversations mm-hmm. and make them public. Because I think there are a lot of people out there that are like ready to sit in the third space. Like yeah. ready to mm-hmm. be neither black or white, neither yeah. right or wrong. Like to yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there are people out there that are ready for that. Mm-hmm. They are. And I feel that been modeled in pop culture I'm thinking of the last airbender avatar Mm. so in the end he finds the third way to like settling this war yeah um that he was like has a responsibility for Mm -hmm. and because of his absence like grew big Mm. and he um just discovers this new magic to reclaim power without harming someone or yeah. He did harm someone, but it was the most least harm he could imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So the seeds are planted. Yeah. In some ways. And in terms of harm, like the other thing that I've been coming to recently is like when we recognize that we are powerful, we have to accept the fact that we have the power to do harm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Like that is part of that. Like yeah. in order to yeah. believe that you are not yeah. powerful. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean like the reason the records show us that we have Trump is because we're being pushed to look at the aspects that we hate the most in him that are in us. Oh. And as a collective. <laughs> but not so that we can suffer and feel terrible, no. but so that we can like it's like the universe telling you about yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that we can transform, so yeah. that we can move into that yeah. next phase. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I yeah, and which is so different. And this is like when I talk about like vibrational law and talk about manifestation, all this stuff, and people are like, You deserve like if you get something bad in your life, it's cause you deserve it. That mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not how it works. It's not about deserving. Yeah, it's not a punishing universe. No, it's a it's an energetic matching. It's like mm. it's a vibrational matching. It doesn't process through your conscious mind. You don't we don't deserve this tyrant. Like mm. on an emotional conscious level, we don't deserve this, but mm. we're given an opportunity to like look at those aspects that are mm. destroying the climate deforesting the planet <laughs> like mm. those things in us that are doing it yeah. harm yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. can we talk about divination again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah do you want to talk about this or... sure. okay <clears throat> sure um, <laughs> yeah so i'm a big big fan of this um writer named she was a teacher of mine. I was just in class with her. Um, and she has this amazing set of divination techniques. Um, lots and lots of different ways to access the oracle, who um, she says is kind of always there and always ready to like answer your questions. So in um and what she does is is she's a, a writer and and poet i think she i don't know how she identifies anyway she writes amazing things um and so when i was in this class with her it was um 
like a writing class. Uh, we did a lot of writing in it anyway. Um, and, and the whole way that we would kind of like edit these poems, look at our pieces, was through these different oracle practices. Um, so, for example, we would write something uh, and then to revise to our next draft, there would be, she would, she would be like, okay, like write 14 yes or no questions and bring those to class next week. So, okay, mm. we did that. These yes or no questions would be like, for example, do I need to be closer to this poem? Should I take out all the punctuation? You know, just like whatever, whatever questions you're kind of struggling with. And then she just has, you know, a basket of like slips of paper that say yes and no. Um, and then you just like pick basically. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and so that's, you know, the Oracle speaking to you. Um, mm -hmm. and then you just take it and you make with that, you know, whatever you want. And it can be communal, communal, it can be individual. Um, she's very, um, I would say like open, but also intentional. So don't, you know, like very intentional about like, how do you access your Oracle? Cause we kind of, yeah. we can do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Is, what does she make of intuition in that process? Like, is that not an extension of your own intuition or like, how does she define that? The way that I understand it is it like, it is your intuition and it's this, it's this Oracle. Uh -huh. So same as Jung, yeah. same as like, again, this, this recurring idea of plurality which is like we are ourselves and we are not yeah at the same time you yeah know? yeah and then i i just wonder because the thing i come up against a lot with myself and mm -hmm. with the clients but also myself mm -hmm. is that i will use a divination tool or i'll read for myself and i'll be like screw that i'm not listening to that <laughs> yeah. um did yeah. people struggle to accept the feedback that the oracle gave them about their writing Every time I've accessed the Oracle, it's just been like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so I think that absolutely there's people yeah. that are like, well, not really. Yeah. Really? That's what you're going to tell me right now? Yeah. But you accept it. Yeah. Can we define what the Oracle is? Yeah. Hmm. Um... I mean, I kind of argue what we've been circling around, I mm -hmm. think. I feel like a bad person because I don't have, like, a great definition of it. It's no, okay. No, it's okay. It. it feels like um, partially your own intuition, mm -hmm. partially whatever energy spirit is outside of you. Mm -hmm. I think partially the ancestors yeah. di directing through you to pick this sheet of paper or pick this sheet mm -hmm. of paper. Um, I think it's all of it combined mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah which i don't know alexis if i'm getting that wrong um plus maybe the unconscious in general yeah um, the okay. numinous as mm -hmm. Jung calls it yeah mm -hmm. yeah do you use it personally like you're yeah. using it yeah yeah so i'll just i'll just ask my own questions yeah that i'm like what do i or you know kind of like i like my tarot practice is like okay what is this day here to teach mm. me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I like that you brought up the tarot because people, well, I guess it's easy to 
assume that the material of the cards is the oracle or the mm. the thing giving you the info mm-hmm. when it's really just your your mechanic your tool to contact yes. the oracle yes. well what other divination tools do you guys use like what are your favorites my first can i tell you a story yeah my first experience with divination was i was 20 at a party and jokingly there was a a top of sprinkles that was going to be put in a cake mm-hmm. and it's the one that comes like on the frosting so it's a little bit yeah. of sprinkles yeah so i open it and i'm shaking it and yes. i was like oh guys i'm getting a message as a joke and then i did get a message <gasps> and the message was about what the color purple means because <laughs> there was no purple in the sprinkles it was just like blue. They read the book. No. They got cliff notes on that. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> and it's like the the purple was like the I don't know, like the more complicated parts of life. Mm. Like the funkiness of a peach. Ooh. The... <laughs> okay, sorry, that really rung for me. Okay. Really? Yeah. Just that like I don't know, that essence of something is like a little i don't know the deeper part of it the most richest aspects of it how did you get that message just looking at the sprinkles yeah so whoever was in my constellation of oracle threw it out there wow that's amazing have you ever tried doing sprinkle readings after that no you should (laughs) you should that sounds like a hell of like at the pop-up sprinkle Mm -hmm. reading as you're speaking, I like, I'm realizing that it's like I've, I've been yearning for and or practicing different divination my whole life. Yeah. yeah. So I think about even like I used to ride to school with my sister and we would listen. Well, okay. Well, I guess this is ritual and then I had, so we would listen to the same songs every day in the car. Mm-hmm. And then I would, yeah, like put my iPod on shuffle, like walking into school and it would be like, okay, whatever song comes up, oh. right? And then that's like my day, or that's, mm-hmm. it's information, you know? Yeah, there's a message there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I feel like I do that stuff, but for me it's not divination, it's like maybe superstition or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like whenever I would drive across the bay into San Francisco on the Bay Bridge, I would time a song to play at just the moment when you emerge from the tunnel, and... <laughs> It, or, like, I would put on the radio to see what song it was that would be playing when I emerged from the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, this is this is nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is just a soundtrack. It's right. not, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, do you read the tarot? Like, do you read, do you do tarot? For myself. Yeah. Yeah. What deck do you use? I have, um, Next World. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Next World Tarot. Mm-hmm. And then I have a, it's an oracle deck from that Black Mermaid Man Lady, mm-hmm. which is a play performance um, that's based on Orisha. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. What do you use? I or use. You talk about your. Yeah. <laughs> so I use a deck of cards that I painted myself last year. I had been reading the records but I wanted to just be more intuitive in my practice so for like a month I would just make 
one or five cards a night and just paint whatever came out. And then as it went on, I'd look at it and be like, I need more yellow or I need more purple, more whatever, Mm -hmm. more shapes, less shapes. And then from there, it became a deck. And as I've used it over this past year, it's, I've assigned or I've learned the meanings of the cards. Mm -hmm. So some, one looks like nautical shells. And it's all abstract. So one looks like nautical shells, so that's ancestors. Mm. One looks like a row of ghosts, so that's like master teachers, like spirit guides. One looks like three hands with flowers, so that's about um, selfless service. Um, some look like portals, one looks like a vagina. Like, So it's a really yeah. fun deck to read. That is so dope that you learn... You- I'm just so down that, like, you, like, painted them and then you learned about them by using them. Yeah. And it's cool because yeah. when I use them in a reading, people will find their own messages. So mm-hmm. the vagina one, someone recently was like, oh, that looks like uh, Guadalupe. Like, yeah. uh, she comes to my dreams a lot. So it's like cool. their confirmation. Oh, that's really cool. That's Yeah, I use, well, I use the Akashic Records, although I wouldn't necessarily call it divination, but the Akashic Records are the archive of the experiences of your soul from its inception. They exist in a dimension of consciousness outside of our third dimensional reality, and we access them through a prayer, um, which I've talked about many times, and we can post a link to Linda Howe's work. Um, I also use, I don't really read cards, but I use two decks that talk to me. Like when I say talk to me, I mean, I was, I looked at the box and was like, that's interesting. And then like, cause I don't use cards, but like these two decks were like, I kind of want to open this. So because I felt interest, it, I felt like that was an invitation to like explore them. Um, and then they turned out to be very resonant for me. So one is Marcella Kroll's Nature Nurture deck. Mm. That's an Oracle deck. That's a really cool one. It's a really it's cool really one. Really easy it's to in read. That drawer in one of the drawers, the middle drawer. Um, and then the other deck that I use is called, or is it over there in the middle one? Um, the other deck that I use, oh, no, that one, Divine Guidance. Yeah. Um, so I use. Mm-hmm. A deck called Divine Guidance by Cheryl Lee Harnish and the Nature Nurture deck. The Divine Guidance deck is all fractal images that don't have any words. And so I use them in conjunction with the Akashic Records and they work as a trigger. These are so, they're super Whoa, cool. They work as a trigger. So um, when my records are open, I can pull a card and it triggers the information that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Nature Nurture deck, they kind of tell a story. So it's a little bit mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I just am going off of my intuition and what feels right. I have not read the books. I don't read, I don't know how to do spreads, nothing like that. So now we're going to talk about some tools that you can use at home if you want to do your own divination work. The tool that I want to describe is a pendulum, which is a really easy tool for divination. I don't do elaborate pendulum work. I don't 
you know, balance chakras and all this stuff with it. <laughs> but I know how to use it for yes, no. I know very basic pendulum work. I can use it for yes, no um, questions, which are usually what people are asking. I mean, people are usually when they come for readings are and they want to know about the future. It's like, is this or is this not going to happen? That's It's usually a yes or no. So if you have a regular pendulum, great. If you don't have a pendulum, you can like, if you, and you have like, long hair or a long string you could like take a hair off of your head and tie it to a string that is super like old school like, like a little washer yeah yes. yeah or you, like use a ring that you use a lot like use something mm. that is Im- imbued with your energy tie it to that and that can be a pendulum but so i hold it really still and then i'll calibrate it by asking it to show me yes show me yes show me yes show me yes and i'll say it over and over again and then it usually will go for me it will go counterclockwise but some pendulums will go back and forth like left to right some will go east west like it'll calibrate in its own way and then i'll say show me no show me no show me no and i wait for it to get completely still and it slows itself down and then it goes clockwise um or it'll go north south or you know up and down um (laughs) and then i know it's ready to work with me and i can ask it any questions that I want to ask it. So that's how I use it. Can you talk about muscle testing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So muscle <laughs> testing also is like using your body as a pendulum. You have... So the thing about pendulums that I really like are that none of the information that they're accessing is outside of your body. It's really just a way for you to pull out the answer when your conscious mind can't do it. So Chris, like if you have a pendulum as a crystal, the crystal's not necessarily a being talking to you. Right, you're not. It's channeling out your own information. Mm -hmm. So muscle testing is a a way to like channel out information from your body. So one of the ways that you can do it is you can stand up and get really loose in your body and do the same thing. Show me yes, show me yes, show me yes. And your body will kind of like push forward. Show me no, show me no, show me no. And your body will kind of push backwards. The thing I have to warn about is that you have to trust yourself. It's not going to work if you don't trust yourself. And there's a whole bunch of other ways you can do muscle testing. You can look it up, like, on YouTube for videos of muscle testing. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I do is just um, free writing. So if any, any writers out there, um, you've probably done some free writing. Um, basically, the idea is you are trying to really just get out of the way of the chatter, the gibberish that your mind just makes. And so, um, you know, teachers will say, um, to put your put your phone on a timer for five, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Don't let your pen leave the page. Write exactly what's coming out, even if you have to write blah, blah, blah. I don't know what's going on. Here I am in this room. You know, whatever it is. Um, and I find that if I do that for long enough, things will just kind of start coming through. And so, like, sometimes it'll be... Um, sometimes I even write down gibberish words that are coming to my head. Mm. And then then I can, after that... And you're not reading it, you're just writing, writing, writing. And then after the time is up, you can kind of look back and be like, okay, well, like, what's this? What's going on here? <laughs> and oftentimes you don't really have a memory of what you wrote because it was just whatever. Um, and then, I mean, from there, you can do all kinds of things with that text. You can... 
If there's verbs, you can see what all the verbs are. Yeah. There's nouns, you can take out all the nouns. Um, these are just writing techniques, you know. Um, you can um, arrange them in a different way if you have access to a computer. Um, you can bold every other word. You know, yeah. there's just this endless, endless. And so, like, that's one of my main ways of getting to my unconscious genius knowledge. I love that. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that there's like a sense of investigation after you've written everything because I feel like I've tried it and I was like this I didn't get anything Mm -hmm. but I did not investigate I left it at the first gibberish yeah yeah and I think it also is like you have to write for long enough sometimes yeah different than journaling very different than journaling right you mentioned play it's like kind of playful Yeah. yeah 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 And trust too. Yeah, you can't do it wrong. Sometimes, if you're if you can't get into if you can't let go of your internal editor, you can write it and know that you're throwing it away. Yeah, and then just throw that one away. Yeah. Yeah. So these are like writing techniques that also have worked for me. Yeah, I love that. Mm, That's really cool. Let's see. What do I do? I usually just use the cards I made. Yeah. But also. I feel like you can do drawing or painting in the same method that you described. Um, giving yourself the prompt or just freestyling and then investigate it. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. I And I think of all of these tools, right? And also like, maybe it's not my destiny. It's like what I need to know. It's like trusting it, mm-hmm. not relying too much on it. There's like a real gentle balance of like yes. how you relate to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes me feel like the, like in how we relate to things, it's kind of like just being in conversation with the universe or the yes. oracle, like you called it. Yeah. So if you're talking to, if I'm talking to Leah and I'm asking her like, what do you think of this? Whatever she says, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. So this, but it gives me like some friction, something to work with, a right. perspective to to consider. Yes. Yes. Or reject totally. Or reject. And then, like take yeah. that off right. the table. Yeah. And then that was why you were meant to pull that card or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You get clarity on where you stand with yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, flipping a coin. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Cool. So I wanted to invite Katie to practice something with share something with us from don't explain it yes okay alexis calling guns she's fantastic you should look her up she wrote this book called m archive after the end of the world she is a brilliant brilliant genius um and this book is um i think she has called it an extremely non-linear novel um and the idea is that Beings in the future are looking back at our current time, late capitalism, neoliberalism, um, anti-blackness, all the things, Mm -hmm. and just like gathering evidence. So looking at the trappings of our current time and trying to make sense of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how should we, how should we do this? Yeah, let's ask a question. Yeah, so. So we're gonna think about, of a question yeah, and then question. flip to a page in the book. 
Right, and let's just do the whole book. Um, so it's between one and two thousand or two thousand. Um, <laughs> two hundred and twelve. Mm-hmm. And we choose a uh, ask a question and then choose a number, or like we just flip to a page. So I've done it both ways in my like own practice, but let's let's see a number that feels good. Or let me actually it's between five and two hundred and twelve. What's our question? Good questions give you good answers. That's true. Yeah. And I will I will say when I've chosen a question that I already know the answer to, I flip to a page that is blank. Oh, or I flip to wow. a page that is like the name of a chapter. This has happened several times for me. Wow. Many okay. times. Whoopsie. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. I don't know what to ask. What are you Something thinking? Something related to divination. Something. Wow, I can really hear the neighbor's music. well i kind of want to can i ask about climate change please Mm. okay so i want to know should we like there's a lot of like maybe realism but also maybe fear-mongering happening with um the impending doom of the planet I want to know what is it that we should be thinking or worrying about or like how should we be conceiving of of this right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's the number that goes with that question? It's funny because the number that came up beforehand was I it was before I thought of the question, but it was forty five. Okay. Hmm. Which is the number of that? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Clocked. Okay. Hmm. Y'all, excuse the music. (laughs) (laughs) It's our accompaniment. Okay. Their small bones could have regrown from this. Marrow being eager like it is. God paying attention like she should have been. We make our children into starfish. Trust that they will reproduce their amputated smiles no matter what we show them. No matter what we show ourselves by risking them like this. Their small bones ultimately indistinguishable from plaster. We traded their lives to build these buildings, heated and cooled them as if they wouldn't need to breathe air, plumbed and drained them as if they wouldn't need water. We built these cities with the advance of their bones, which we knew would crumble under the weight of this. This is what we do. This is what we daily do. We violate the trust of being born. Holy shit. <laughs> Whoa. That was amazing. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was really cool. So yeah. I feel like in our show notes or whatever, we should um, list this book. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if she has a website. We'll definitely oh, like, yeah. include it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. This has been such a treat. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you came. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's been amazing. Do you want to ask a question? I do. Oh, yeah. 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 It just, yeah. 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 Yes. Um, mm-hmm. 
want to ask like what do what does anyone listening to this podcast need to know about divination oh, yeah yeah I love that do you want to pick the number um sure I want to do 128 okay cool I should She opened the first door and closed it behind her without looking back, and the second one, and the third one. Three layers of glass as she entered and protected the chamber at the same time. From outside, it looked like one huge drop of water. Some said a stylized, heavenly tear, transparent and diligently shined on the outside, graced by the perfect mix of salt, phytoplankton, and zooplankton inside so the glass stayed clean. If she had learned to open her eyes underwater, she would have been able to look out and see the whole community, the long horizon, the living places, and the places beyond living now. But this was not about a chance to look through water at what she already knew was there. This was an initiation, an access point to perceiving what she had never been able to perceive before, what the elders could only gesture towards, what the power-hungry rightly feared. If her training had not been enough, then this was it. If her training had been enough, then this was everything. She noted the taste of her breathing, this last moment of air. Then she entered the central chamber, floating cross-legged until all the bubbles left her. And when it happened, she didn't wonder who else could hear it. She sang out. She sang out like a whale. Wow. <laughs> I know the access point. Look, yeah, that's that is so phenomenal. Right? Amazing. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's Thank you, Alexis. Yes. And so the other thing I should say is that Alexis worked very closely, works very closely with Jackie Alexander. Mm. So after each of these pieces, there is a note, an end note. You flip to the back of this book, and this note corresponds um, with a passage, a phrase, a word from M. Jackie Alexander's Pedagogies of Crossing. Wow. wow. Uh, so That's so cool. The rabbit hole goes deeper. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So then you can go get Pedagogies of Crossing, read that essay, find that phrase. Yeah. Pedagogies of Crossing is the whole book. Is the whole book. Okay. Pedagogies of the Sacred is that chapter we read. Okay, so wow. Pedagogies of the Sacred is in the folder of the texts that I have. You can find it in my Instagram bio. The link is there. So if you want to read Jackie Alexander right now, you can go right there and get it. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. This is such a generous text like she's sharing alexis is sharing so much of like her like relationship with the other author what's her name jackie Jackie alexander Alexander. yeah and sharing like all that intimate inner work yeah wow yeah yeah Yeah. that's incredible Mm -hmm. it's so spot on yeah too it's amazing that's really cool 
I feel like we did it, you guys. Yeah. Do you feel like we did it? Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being with us, Katie. Yeah. yeah. Thank what you so much. Oh, this is a I love this. Yeah. If yeah. um, I mean, we can. Do you have any way? Do you do people contact you? Do you have any of those things? I take Instagram on and off my phone regularly, <laughs> <laughs> but you can reach me at Soft Butch Diaries. Um, yeah, and we're gonna be back very soon. We don't know what our next topic is gonna be, but it's gonna be great. <laughs> It'll probably be about grief and decoloniality, which is very exciting and fun. Not heavy at all. If you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up at We Are Power Crystals on Instagram. You can contact me at Crystals of Altamira on Instagram or crystalsofaltamira.com. What about you? You can reach me at bluerosebotanics.com. And don't forget that you are always a power crystal. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.